free thinking heroes. Life after the military. I've spent a decade taking a bite out of conspiracy theories, unraveling urban legends, and grappling with worldwide top secret issues. I've even racked up some of their awards. Wow, I mean, first of all, what a question. Journalism is about telling the truth, all while ferreting out the bottom line. I'm a Harrison Hellraiser. Uh oh, with me, Carrie Harrison, as your guide. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military, with Perry Harrison. We are going to take a look at why George Washington was right about the King of England. We now have a new one. A task force for incarcerated and at-risk veterans. We're also going to speak with a former NFL player who came out and why that's now again an act of bravery. And the VA is once again in the crosshairs. Why privatizing the VA deprives veterans of the medical and psychological care that they've earned and is barely disguised as a transfer of public funds to private health care operations. All that and more coming up in Rethinking Heroes. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com, where you can actually see the video that is being recorded right now. It also gets transmitted on our various Facebook pages, including, including that of this very station. Uh, you'll also see it on TikTok and Twitter, everywhere else. You'll be able to physically see the guests in all of their glory and makeup. It's exciting. It is a visual treat that no other radio station offers you right now. Well, let's jump right on into it, shall we? So much going on. Uh, The world has changed yet another 80% in another four days. Uh, Hard to keep up with this stuff. But our next guest says that the coronation of King Charles and the words of the oath that he swore solemnly and formally as king raises again the issue of state-sponsored anti-Catholicism in the UK and Northern Ireland. You thought that was sort of a thing of a past. You thought that was all fixed. Everyone move along, move nicely. Well, Charles said while kneeling specifically before clergy who administered his oath, and you might have seen this on TV, he said, quote, I, Charles, do solemnly and sincerely in the presence of God profess, testify, and declare that I am a faithful Protestant and that I will, according to the true intent of the enactments, which secure the Protestant succession to the throne, uphold and maintain the said enactments to the best of my powers according to law. So imagine yourself living in the UK and you're not Protestant. What has he just said about you? Let's hear it so that you can really appreciate the Disney magic. Your Majesty, are you willing to make, subscribe and declare to the statutory accession declaration oath? I'm willing. I, Charles, do solemnly and sincerely, in the presence of God, profess, testify, and declare that I am a faithful Protestant, and that I will, according to the true intent of the enactments which secure the Protestant succession to the throne, uphold and maintain the said enactments to the best of my powers, according to law. So what does this mean? Well, our next guest points out that this act still today forbids a Catholic from being king or queen or whatever variation we might see someday. It's like having a provision in the U.S. Constitution barring a black person from being president. It's exactly the same thing. Or a law in Germany barring a Jew from being chancellor. It's exactly the same thing. 
This British law comes from 1701 and is known as the Act of Settlement, the foundation stone of the royal family. So was George Washington right about the King of England at the time when we decided to have our revolution, the king? who is not only the head of the church, but declared a national religion, of which he was unequivocally the supreme and unremovable head. Well, that sounds pretty good if you're on that team, and if you happen to like whatever that team likes to do to you, uh, there was some greater wisdom here. With me is Father Sean McManus. At 79, he's the leading expert in America on these issues. He's president of the Capitol Hill-based National Irish Caucus and chief judge of the World Peace Prize. Father McManus is founder and president of the Irish National Caucus and is a native of Northern Ireland. So why is he a hero? Well, in 1972, church and state exiled him from Britain to the U.S. because he refused to be silent about injustice in Northern Ireland and later became the driving force that would eventually erode Britain's influence within the U.S. government. Father Sean McManus, I want to welcome you to Rethinking Heroes. Thank you very much. Uh, this is no secret to you. I guess we just haven't, well, we didn't really have TV back when uh, Queen Elizabeth, I mean, four people probably did. The rest of us just heard it on radio. So it didn't have the same optics of making, you know, smooching Bibles and saying the only people that matter on earth are Protestants, and I'm the head of that church, and that's it, case closed, and then the choir sings and we move along. But if I'm not mistaken, since, I don't know, 11-something, England has dominated Ireland one way or the other, and this just keeps it going. Yes, indeed, and it's profoundly rooted. Now, the average English man or woman in the street doesn't really think too much about that. But where it has a really pernicious resonance is in Northern Ireland among the fairly significant, very significant number of Protestants who see Catholicism as a terrible enemy and want to squash it. And of course, that's the history of the English Reformation, as distinct from Luther's Reformation. Experts will agree that the, the European Reformation of Martin Luther was all about religion. King Henry VIII Reformation was not about religion, it was about politics and about grabbing land and kingly, uh, kingly power and all of that. And having the, one of the biggest beds in the world that would have made Procrustes of ancient Greece <laughs> jealous with the yeah. limbs flapping off the end. Yeah. And Gary, one thing also, in case people don't fully understand the implications of this, uh, where there's, there's talk about Protestant succession. The Royal Family website that is up at the moment explains this in case there's any doubt. It says, and I quote, a Roman Catholic is specifically excluded from succession to the throne in case, in case it wasn't fully understood when it says Protestant succession, you know. It, that so anyone can become king of any religion, ironically enough, except one, the largest and biggest and most universal church in the world. And we are expected to think, well, yeah, that that's that's sort of normal. That's 
democratic. That's there's nothing wrong with that. You you nailed it at the very beginning that this would be akin to having a law prohibiting a black person or a Jewish American being president. I mean, who would stand for that? If you you use those words, Father McManus, if you actually put them in print and somebody orally said that, yes, you're going to get CNN and everyone else going crazy. But the fact that it's implied and they also don't have to do their homework and think too much about it. And there's a lot of pomp and circumstance, beautiful churches, incense, greatest clothes you've ever seen, seeing Charles wobbling around, barely able to stand, but leaning over and just putting big wet lips on a Bible. I mean, it's enough to move any cynic. But the plot of the play is an entirely different one. It is saying these are the rules and they are not gonna change within his lifetime. And we've had Megan, who's been a giant irritant on the crown. She is not one of their people. Uh, this, I think, really is a bullhorn to just remind folks what's important. And, you know, a question that crops up here also is to the uh, Episcopalian Church in this country that's aligned to the um, Church of England. If you were to ask the average member of that good church, the Episcopalian Church, fine church in America, would you attend a religious ceremony that specifically said blacks cannot apply for this job, Jewish Americans cannot apply, or Hispanics cannot apply for the top job that this ceremony is commemorating? It's it's truly appalling. It, it can you imagine if there had been a provision in the American Constitution prohibiting a black becoming president? Can you imagine the profound, deep-rooted effect that would have had on white racism in this country? It yes. would have sanctioned it. It would have confirmed it. It would have condoned it in every possible way. The ramifications of this today in Northern Ireland are still deeply dangerous. And and let's let's jump into the local here. When I say local here in the U.S., where so many of our troops have gone out and fought for ideals, and this flies in the face of those ideals. I personally was raised Episcopalian. Couldn't quite tell you what that is. A lot of fresh flowers and needlepoint. It was a very pleasant version. Um, But we were told that the Archbishop of Canterbury was the boss, wherever that is. And that was about it. So no real connection. But in the Book of Common Prayer, and I popped into the... I'm a bad guy. I only pop in Christmas and Easter. Good choirs, good food. And in... I know, it's a terrible thing to say to you. But... During that time, I looked in the Book of Common Prayer, and in there, because it was written, not in England, but it was written here, it said that the church will always evolve to fit to fit the parishioners of the colonies. So it has kind of an out in there, to whatever degree that means. But getting more to the point, George Washington, our George Washington, saw, uh, along with the other founding daddies, that the Establishment Clause, which is our First Amendment, not Eighth Amendment, not 17th Amendment, most important thing, uh, apart from freedom of speech, is not having a state-established religion. 
there you go. Because if it were Mormonism here, people would go a little nuts. If it were Scientology, they would go a little nuts. And all 370 million Americans who are not part of that religion could be declared, well, you declare it. We've seen this in the Third Reich, haven't we, within the last 80 years? Yeah, it, it's, and it was because of Washington's knowledge of England, he realized the danger of having an established church. And, you know, the extraordinary thing is this clause, offensive clause, is still, still applicable, still alive and active since 1701 in 2023. Now, why would it be so difficult to modify that just to get rid of it and say, whoops, we are sorry for the offense that has caused and then they'd have to address the issue of separation of church and state. But what's wrong with that? You see, here's another irony about, about Ireland and England. England has presented Ireland as sort of preoccupied with religion. There is no state religion in Ireland. There is no law that states the Irish prime minister has to be a Protestant. And if there was, I'd be on your show this moment denouncing it. Uh, how has this happened in what is called the mother rightly or wrongly, called the mother of democracy and fair play. It has totally escaped people and their condition now to say, oh, yeah, that's okay, that's fine. That's, that's jolly old England, you know? Kerry Harrison here. This is Rethinking Heroes. We're taking a look at different elements where people are heroic, much at their own peril, one is Father Sean McManus, and at 79, he's the leading expert in America on these issues. President of the Capitol Hill-based Irish National Caucus, Chief Judge of the World Peace Prize, and Father McManus is founder and president of the Irish National Caucus and is native of Northern Ireland. And we're talking about what it means where the King of England, the new King of England, Charles III, has declared that not only is England, the UK, all of it, a Protestant country, but that nobody ever will get into power who isn't one of them, and they get to decide what that is. And of course, if you've ever been to London in the last 20 years, it sure does not look like James Bond. Let's just put it that way. So uh, a lot of people are acutely aware. Let's jump in for a second, Mon uh, Father McManus, about Northern Ireland. A lot of people are way younger. They know that there was conflict there. They don't know the difference between a Catholic and a Protestant. In Ireland, it's assumed that everyone is Catholic, and that probably what it, what it was about. But it is not true. There are Protestants all over Ireland as well. Yes, but predominantly in the northeast corner. And that is why uh, in 1920, Ireland was partitioned, not by the Protestants, but by the, Brit by the British Parliament with the assent of the King of England. And they selected six little states in the northeast corner of Ireland, uh, uh, counties rather than states, one of which counties I come from, County Fermanagh. Uh, but the size of Rhode Island, that entity never existed ever 
but with imperial power and imperial hubris. At the end of the second, the First World War, England did what it did all over the world. It chopped and changed and doctored and, and stacked decks to win. And it created the state of Northern Ireland to be anti-Irish and to be anti-Catholic. Because in this area, there was a million Catholics to only a half, uh, sorry, a million Protestants to only a half a million Catholics. So abracadabra. They created a new state, a new country, new entity, and said this is now a democratic country, and this is totally normal democracy. <laughs> Installed in, in after the thousands of years of Irish history to create this identity, and it was ruled as a one-state Protestant state party, and inevitably inevitably it, it could not work. It couldn't function by the laws of normal democracy. Let's, let's boil this down in the last couple of minutes. So really, one way to look at these kinds of religions or these kind of moves, certainly with Great Britain, is real estate. It's real estate. If you look at objectively, non-spiritually, but objectively, the best real estate in the world is part of the Catholic Church now. You go to uh, the West, the you know, you go to Paris, you go to anywhere and luxury waterfront, you know, giant, magnificent cathedrals. Same thing in England. Uh, In this oath, they said that all their bishops and ministers were going to be empowered to keep taking more land. And really, at the end of the day, it's football, as we would call it. It's just land. Yes, it's always about land. (laughs) Uh, There's an old proverb in Africa uh, that states, When the British came, they had the Bible and we had the land that defeated us. And now (laughs) we have the Bible and they have our land. That's that's what the game is and always has been. Uh, That's how Ireland was settled by pro-British elements deliberately on a twofold condition. One hold this land for the crown, not so much for themselves, for the crown, and hold it as a Protestant land. That's how the Protestants came to be in, in, in Ireland. They were shipped mainly from Scotland and Northern England in the 1600s, 1700s. And the particularly successful generals who slaughtered and committed uh, genocide against Irish Catholics were given thousands of acres of land to own personally in appreciation for their good work in Ireland. There's nothing new about this. It happened all over the world. No, and this is a touchstone to even what's happening at the moment in South Africa where they're being accused of supporting the Russians by giving them weapons against Ukraine. I mean, it's kind of like the same folks seem to find each other here and there. I do want to thank you for joining us. It's a much longer conversation, but you have given us the perfect primer today. We've been talking to Father Sean McManus, 79, leading expert in America on these issues, president of the Capitol Hill-based Irish National Caucus, chief judge of the World Peace Prize, and Father McManus is founder and president of the Irish National Caucus and is a native of Northern Ireland, and we just heard the new King of England declare he is Protestant. The UK is Protestant. It will always be Protestant. And if you're not Protestant, 
you don't really get to play in the sandbox. And that is the law since 1701, and it ain't about to change. Uh, we don't have that law here, thankfully, something we fought very hard for, lost a lot of lives, my family's lives included. So I do appreciate you coming on, Father Sean McManus, and helping us understand that today. Coming up, we're going to be talking to Tim Pena. And Tim is a cold water, cold war, well, the water was cold. It still is in many places. A Cold War Navy veteran who served from 77 to 1981 with the Navy Seavies in Coronado, California. And after witnessing a suicide by a Marine in the Persian Gulf, Tim was plagued with nightmares and remained undiagnosed with PTSD. But he did something about that. And what he did, you're going to find out in just a moment. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-915-2051. 800-915-2051. That's 800-915-2051. Everybody wants cheap airfare, but where do you find it? Well, you call low-cost airlines because they specialize in cheap flights, in discount hotel rooms, in cheap car rentals, and with the best price guarantee. They explore hundreds of airlines, thousands of routes, millions of itineraries and fares to keep it simple for you. So if you want the lowest prices on your airline tickets or other travel services, call now, 901-235-1795, 901-235-1795. That's the only way to get these rates. Experts are standing by 24-7 to get you the cheapest airfare and hotel rates available, often 75% off. So don't wait. Call now, 901-235-1795, Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com, where each month, and certainly in the past uh, 13 weeks, we have been able to wipe out two million dollars in medical debt two million dollars in u.s medical debt all in the name of u.s veterans uh apparently there were clips you couldn't hear maybe you didn't hear charles earlier i'm not sure why but we'll make sure that that's in the replay for you okay uh i'd like you to meet right now a cold war navy veteran served from 1977 to 1981 with the navy cbs in coronado california And after witnessing a suicide by a Marine in the Persian Gulf, Tim Pena was plagued with nightmares and remained undiagnosed with PTSD, a term only recently, oddly, we've all all become familiar with, and I think we're all fairly expert in what that actually means. Well, he not only was diagnosed with PTSD, but struggled with his own suicidal ideation for many years. That means considering suicide often. Then after being sent to prison for marijuana possession, Tim founded Veterans Justice Project 
that assists incarcerated and at-risk veterans. Then since relocating to New York City in 2022, Tim Pena began working with other veterans who were experiencing homelessness. And Mr. Pena wrote a series of short articles called Be the Story. Kind of reminds you of Gandhi, right? Be the Story and was invited to join the New York City Veterans Task Force along with Person with Living Experience, a chapter of continuing care, continuum care. Tim Pena is publishing a veterans resource guides for veterans coming into the New York City shelter system and is currently working with the Department of Veterans Affairs to increase access to sustainable housing for at-risk veterans. Tim Pena, I wanna welcome you to Rethinking Heroes. Thank you for having me. Helping others actually helps you. Uh, Absolutely, I had, started working with veterans while I was in, um, while I was homeless. And in 2016, I ended up in a uh, veterans transitional program, one of uh, the VA's grant and per diem programs. Um, And uh, we had 50 veterans in that program and I was the front desk clerk. So every veteran that came in um, they, I was the first person they met and, uh, I got an under, I got a real clear understanding of how, uh, addressing veterans and veterans homelessness. And, uh, especially when it comes to dealing with, uh, mental health issues and, uh, finding sustainable housing, um, through, you know, providing, access to resources, providing access to services, um, actually making the phone calls for them and giving them a sense of hope. You were a Cold War Navy veteran serving uh, with the Seabees. This is not like lay around and read magazines all day. This is hardcore stuff, right? It's one of the um, uh, special forces factions uh, we work a lot with Marines. Uh, basically, we put them on on the uh, beach. And uh, we did that with heavy equipment and in surf and rough seas. So it's certainly uh, the work is is um, is not easy. And uh, you are with other eight of veterans or military um we were first team with first team on uh, marines while we were overseas so and what is it that the average veteran is dealing with during these times so the i i spent uh, when i first got to new york last um july I had known about the veterans, the VA grant BM program, the trans program. Uh, As veterans, we get three of them in our lifetime. That means that we can stay within a program such as that uh, anywhere up to two years, basically up to about a year. Uh, Get sustainable housing get set up with, uh, you know, your resources, employment, mental health, uh, enrollment in the VA programs, and it's, and it's run by the VA and Congress. This is a congressional 
uh, Act for uh, veterans. And um, the program that I was in, um, AMN, is HUD-VASH, which is basically Section 8 for veterans. And um, when I first came into the into the new system, I knew what I was looking for. I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So, but I made a pact with myself that because of my mental health, I was not gonna go down that suicide rabbit hole. That was the pact I made. That was, so that's, that's the, what I made for myself. And I think that veterans have to do that. We have to, we, we have to set a goal, especially for us who struggle with mental illness, suicide ideation, um, substance abuse, uh, and um, not uh, not be af afraid to make um, a hard change, but also give yourself hope for it in one way. So my hope was that I my hope was that I was not going to go down that rabbit hole. Well, and you haven't, and you are uh, in the solution, no longer centered in the problem. And, of course, it is a lifelong venture and struggle as recovery from anything is. You don't just get it fixed and then forget it and go back to Netflix. Uh, it is a lifelong journey, but you get better and stronger. I want to thank you so much, Tim Pena, for joining us today and sharing with us your story of uh, really a difficult struggle to being the solution, helping so many others. We find that in the human world, that when we go out and put others first, or at least teach them what we've learned, we get stronger, we get fixed. Nobody taught us that in school, but you're teaching that to us today here on Rethinking Heroes, and I want to thank you so much for coming on. We're going to be talking to a former NFL player who came out and why that is now again an act of bravery. He's even written a book about it. And in these times, we need to know what that is. Plus, the VA is once again in the crosshairs and why privatizing the VA deprives veterans of the medical and psychological care they earned and is a barely disguised transfer of public funds to private health care. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military. Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-915-2051. 800-915-2051. That's 800-915-2051. Everybody wants cheap airfare, but where do you find it? Well, you call low-cost airlines because they specialize in cheap flights, in discount hotel rooms, in cheap car rentals, and with the best price guarantee. They explore hundreds of airlines, thousands of routes, millions of itineraries and fares to keep it simple for you. 
So if you want the lowest prices on your airline tickets or other travel services, call now. 901-235-1795. 901-235-1795. That's the only way to get these rates. Experts are standing by 24-7 to get you the cheapest airfare and hotel rates available, often 75% off. So don't wait. Call now. 901-235-1795. And it is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com, where you can get a copy of this show. You can see videos, and you can also get a hold of our discount pharmacy card, the first ever in the country, by the way. This is not good RX or some other thing that you think is really good. This actually is, you would end up paying for your meds what you would pay government rates. I'm going to give you an example. I have high cholesterol. Ah, yes, it's terrible. It is terrible. It's terrible. Let me trust you on that. So I have to take uh, a Torvastatin. Doesn't that sound sexy? And I have to take it every day. It's 250 bucks at Walgreens. But I pulled out my CapEx card, which you can go to RethinkingHeroes.com. RethinkingHeroes.com. It is our favorite price, free. No credit cards, no tracking. We don't want to know your name, nothing. It is a gift from angels. My uh, $250 Atorvastat went down to 15 bucks. I can do that. I can do that. I can pay at government rates just like I'm supposed to pay. I'm not going to say I live in Europe, but at least I'm... Oh, 3,000 miles closer in some mental way. So check it out. Do yourself a favor. Save thousands. Our gift here on this radio station to you for having been a good listener. Heroes come in many venerations, well, venerations for sure. And many veterans, I was going to say it again, (laughs) variations of bravery and often act as change makers. Imagine being a professional NFL player for the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of my favorite ball teams, and making history by becoming the first out active NFL player to identify as bisexual. Though R.K. Russell was an NFL free agent at the time, his announcement nonetheless broke barriers given the lack of open LGBTQ players in the big four professional sports leagues. We all know what those are, the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, uh, because uh, R.K. was in Tampa Bay. He had them all within a mile of each other, so that's kind of concentrated. So why is this a particular act of bravery in today's times? Because multiple southern states, especially Florida, under Governor Governor Ron DeSantis, have made it a third-degree felony to own certain books or look the wrong way or maybe have some LGBTQ T-shirt and walking near a school, depending on who's looking and what school you may be standing in. Let's be honest. Everyone listening has some sort of story, and only you know what that is. Nothing you're going to hear or ever heard me say or anyone ever say is shocking. Uh, it's, or it's not the story of you or one of your friends or maybe ever children. But you don't get to hear folks who have a lot to lose from talking about this stuff, being willing to take that personal risk. And that, of course, is the definition of heroism. With me is NFL veteran Ryan Russell, who is a professional football player in the NFL, a decorated defensive end who sacked Hall of Famers went up against the fiercest competitors at the height of their game. And since coming out, he's written about his experience as a black queer man in sports for the New York Times, for The Guardian, for the Los Angeles Times, among others. He has a new memoir art coming out in June 
called The Yards Between Us. And in it, he shares his story and explores his love of football, of men, of women, of walking the devastating tightrope of keeping his sexuality secret, the tension between his private and public lives, and the importance of crashing through barriers. R.K. Russell, I want to welcome you to Rethinking Heroes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I hope I teed you up heroically enough. It was very easy for me because that's what I see. I know not everybody wants to admit it, but you made a journey and a decision several years ago to announce to the people of Earth that you're bisexual, the first active professional football player to identify as bisexual. And since then, uh, I don't think the invitations are coming in at the speed of light from the NFL. Uh, Do you think there's any correlation? Uh, possibly. I mean, you know, it is not my job to sit here and speculate all of the things and reasons why I could or should or are not playing currently. Um, but I can honestly say that coming out bisexual definitely didn't help, one, because I didn't get signed. Um, and two, has opened up, I think, a larger conversation uh, in male sports and in football specifically, which I am glad to be um, having at this time and, and for people to actually be discussing um, masculinity, sexuality, identity, and how they all fall into sports. I think some people are bringing the wrong information, but at least we are discussing. I think it's great that we have you as the specific example at the moment, because you're a rough and tumble, big, muscly dude, and you're not what people would like to pretend or what, say, the governor of Florida would like to declare people are supposed to be like, but you could kick his ass in about 2.7 minutes from across the room without physical contact. Um, This is why I think you're a really great spokesman for how the world works. We could take a look at the most powerful men on earth, Alexander the Great, who conquered the known world, had a boyfriend. The Emperor Hadrian, who owned the empire of rome all the way to turkey built giant you know had a boyfriend antonus even built a gate in front of zeus's temple in greece zeus the god of all gods you build a gate to your boyfriend in front of zeus's temple guess what nothing happened at zeus's temple people still drive by there's no car accidents it's shocking right and zeus by the way the god of all gods from which we get deuteronomy or deus that we use in English, it all comes from Zeus, uh, all of that. Well, what was Zeus's child was Ganymede, both male and female. Not controversial, considered cool. So all of this is in alignment, I think, with human nature. Would you agree with that? In, in a sense, I also believe that just being someone who is more masculine, I think brings up the question of what are we really afraid of? What do we really view and value Um, especially in our young men, I think it's important for someone like me who has played in the toughest, one of the toughest leagues in the world and the most physical and violent and being very masculine to also speak on behalf of those who maybe are more feminine presenting or maybe the more, um, yeah, and the more feminine, flamboyant and also just person and male, but also champion women and their causes. Because I think it's, it's brought a conversation, not just of sexuality, but of how we feel of misogyny, how we view femininity versus masculinity. Um, you know, just the same issue with the female sports leagues and professional sports league being very open to having out players and having gay players and bisexual players, um, because these females as athletes are seen as more masculine. And I think we feel more comfortable with masculinity. And in our society, especially in the States, we um, champion masculinity. Um, 
which for me, you know, brings on a bigger conversation of like, what are we really afraid of? What are we really, who are we really prejudiced towards? Why is that? And how can we start kind of deconstructing that or looking at people differently or just as people? Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? One human family. I know how radical. Think about it. With me right now is NFL veteran Ryan Russell, also known as R.K. Russell, professional football player in the NFL, decorated defensive end who sacked Hall of Famers, went up against the fiercest competitors at the height of their game. Since coming out, he's written about his experience as a black queer man in sports for the New York Times, The Guardian, The Los Angeles Times, out so many, so many other magazines. He has a new memoir coming out next month called The Yards Between Us, and it he shares his story and explores, explains and explores his love of football, of men, of women, both, walking that devastating tightrope of keeping his sexuality secret, which you would too probably if you were in the NFL, unless you became brave. And this sets other people apart. It really does. Uh, the tension between public and private life and what's ultimately important being a fully functioning human being being able to kick ass in everything you do or just one thing you do and uh, i think your life is way bigger than you ever imagined at this point rk russell definitely i've been able to affect more lives mine included stepping off the field and into who i am and being proud of that and letting other people know that um than i ever was in 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 a team or with the helmet on, or, you know, in these big moments seen on TV, I'm able to be my whole self, my full self. I'm able to connect with people in a way that I couldn't before. And also, um, yeah, be hopefully a light and hopefully um, encourage other young athletes and other young men that you can be who you are and love yourself and enjoy that and do what you love and pursue a career in what you love. And, and we're all working together to make male sports and it's specifically football, um, more encouraging in that way, more open in that way. And I think it's reasonable for me to point out Carrie Harrison here with you, by the way. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. When you're playing football, you're actually playing football. So the, there's a moron somewhere listening, I'm sure, who's thinking, yeah, but if you have a gay or a, or a bisexual on the football team, they're not there for that. It is not a dance. No, it is playing football. So it does not matter let me just say that again it does not matter you're there to play football it's like when you go to the office you go there to work you don't go there to bring in all of your problems from home slap them on your boss's desk all over the dining room in all the different various offices pull everyone away from their job so they can look at your stuff no you're there to play football and that's what you did and you kicked ass and took names and realized if you can have that kind of success there You can do that for other people who don't have the limelight, the spotlight, the microphone, the megaphone that you do. And the NFL is now supporting the LGBT community up to a certain degree. Is that lip service or are they coming around, do you think? I think time will definitely tell. I think my job as a person in this space and as a former NFL player and as an LGBTQ plus advocate and ally, um, advocate is to make sure that they continue to do the things they say they're going to do, continue to move forward in the conversation with action um, and not just with words or not just with, you know, nice rainbow logos and all of these, these things that look very nice on the outside, um, but that they're actually doing something, you know, that they're inviting LGBTQ plus athletes to the table and also asking us what we think and what we believe. So I think that time will definitely tell 
Um, I also think that there's a lot of focus on the NFL. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to write my memoir, The Yards Between Us, because there's a lot in sport, specifically in male sports, before you get to that point, that the buildup of the homophobia, of the misogyny, of the toxic masculinity in ways. Um, you know, everyone would love for an NFL player of like Tom Brady's caliber to come out. And we think that that would cure homophobia in male sports and all this. But it, that's not how it works. These are all young men who from the day they picked up a football were told you can't be this, 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 or this. And and that is, I think the message that needs to change. And we will see that then ripple into professional sports um, and into sports on all levels. And you, my friend, uh, RK Russell have proven that none of that is true, that you can be rough and tumble, get out there, kick ass. You can win you can be with the Dallas Cowboys. You can be with the Bucks. You can stick out, make a difference, make a team win. And then we find out that you actually are able also to love live humans, which mm -hmm. I believe if that is not the goal of every human on planet is to figure out how to fall in love someday, I'd say you're consistent with the human race. So I vote yes for you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I think we put a lot of value into relationship and my relationship is an amazing part of who I am, but it's also just a part. My partner does not define me as much as I do not define him. And we're able to pursue careers in whatever we want and be whoever we want as long as we, at the end of the day, come together with love and our own commitment and agreement. That's just how life is. <laughs> well, what a great way to end. And I want to thank you, NFL veteran Ryan Russell, R.K. Russell, professional football player in the NFL, decorated defensive end who sacked Hall of Famers, went up against the fiercest competitors at the height of their game since coming out written about your experience as a black queer man in sports for the New York Times, The Guardian, Los Angeles Times, among many others, has a new memoir coming out, so to speak. It's called The Yards Between Us, and in it you share the story and explore, explore, explore your love. Why can't I say explore? Probably because, uh, I don't know, it's got more than three syllables. You're, you explore your love of football, of men, of women, of walking the devastating tightrope of keeping sexuality secret, the tension between private public lives and the importance of crashing through barriers. Crashing through barriers, a major act of bravery. We look forward to your new book, and hopefully we could circle back with you then, my friend. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Coming up, we're going to be talking about the VA. Everyone knows about the VA. Everyone wants to love the VA. Everyone is thrilled that there is a VA. Well, there's a move afoot to take it private and when we say private, that means privatizing it, which means services would change. Everybody wants cheap airfare, but where do you find it? Well, you call low-cost airlines because they specialize in cheap flights, in discount hotel rooms, in cheap car rentals, and with the best price guarantee. They explore hundreds of airlines, thousands of routes, millions of itineraries and fares to keep it simple for you. So if you want the lowest prices on your airline tickets or other travel services, call now. 901-235-1795. 901-235-1795. That's the only way to get these rates. Experts are standing by 24-7 to get you the cheapest airfare and hotel rates available, often 75% off. So don't wait. Call now. 901-235-1795. 901-235-1795. Nine zero one two three five seventeen ninety five nine zero one two three five seventeen ninety five. 
Can your IRA stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is at our doorsteps? By allocating a percentage of your IRA into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from turbulent markets and economic downturns by putting your IRA back on the gold standard. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Call now for your free gold and silver report. Protect your IRA today with one simple phone call and learn how to qualify for up to $10,000 in free silver. Call Genesis Gold Group, empowering faith-driven stewardship. 800-915-2051. 800-915-2051. That's 800-915-2051. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military. So take an Army veteran who served a tour in Vietnam in 1967 and 68. Have him hold degrees from the University of Iowa, Syracuse University, University of Colorado at Denver, and Wichita State University. Put him in the VA as a member of the Federal Executive Service. Have him work in 10 VA facilities, including a stint in VA Central Office in Washington, D.C. We're talking about Bruce Carruthers who's on the steering committee of the Veterans for Peace Save Our VA National Project. And what's happening that you may not know about? Well, moves to privatize the VA, which would deprive veterans of the medical and psychological care they've earned and is a barely disguised transfer of public funds to private health care corporations. And that makes every single stomach listening turn. It doesn't matter how you vote. It is not what you want, and you know it is not in your best interest, nor in the best interest of people who fought so that you could be sitting here today listening on the radio. From Western North Carolina, I want to welcome you, Bruce Carruthers, to Rethinking Heroes. Thank you. Happy to be here. Uh, appreciate very much what you're doing and bringing this to light because like everything VA, everything veteran, we keep learning that all the myths we were taught are simply not true. One of the myths, of course, is that you sign a blank check to the government, you go out and fight in combat, you come back, it's happy land, you get unlimited all-you-can-eat health care forever, you may be a house, a car, uh, this is not how it works, and the VA is not what it looks like anymore. You have something called the Veterans Community Care Program. Sounds good. Veterans Community Care Program in the VA, but care might be the wrong word attached to that sentence. Uh, uh, yes, see, it's, it's uh, kind of a misnomer. It sounds like... Uh... It's beneficial to the veterans, but in fact, what it amounts to is privatizing VA healthcare. It started with the Choice Act and then continued with the Mission Act. And what it does really is uh, veterans appear at a VA facility, and the initial idea was if they couldn't be seen in a timely manner, or if the sort of specialist they needed uh, to see them wasn't available in the VA facility, they'd be referred to the private sector. Now, the VA's always done that in the years I worked for it. It did it uh, through a fee basis where the VA would hire specialists. So say you're at a small medical center. I worked at the Erie VA Medical Center, and it's equivalent to a community hospital. And so it wasn't um, physically responsible to hire all the specialists at a small hospital. So we had fee basis doctors who would come to the facility at certain times during the week, and veterans could see them 
And in some cases, we would send veterans out to see people in the community. That was a small part of the VA program. Well, it's gotten to be under the Mission Act that almost a third of medical care dollars in the VA are spent on this. And so the VA has experienced severe understaffing. There are currently about 70,000 vacancies in the veterans healthcare system. And so if a veteran goes to the hospital and they don't have the kind of specialists they need, there's no choice but to refer to the private sector because they either can't get an appointment or it would take too long. And this understaffing uh, of VA facilities forces people to go. So for an example, if, if I'm having uh, problems with uh, my eyesight and I wanna see an ophthalmologist, an optometrist, and the VA doesn't have one or doesn't have a sufficient number of them, I can't get an appointment for six months at the VA I have no choice but to take uh, a referral to the private sector. And consistent survey shows that about 90% of veterans who go to the VA are satisfied with VA care and prefer to be VA patients, but they're actually put in a position where there's no choice because they have to go to the private sector. And there are a lot of problems with uh, the veterans uh, community care program that I'd be happy to discuss. Well, it just seems obvious that the Veterans Community Care Program, which is the private sector, as you point out, those providers are not necessarily trained in veterans issues and might even be unwilling to undergo that level of training. Well, that that is one of the issues. And to some extent, it, it makes some sense. So let's say I'm a private provider and I have a panel of 100 patients and two or three are veterans. I don't want to invest the time in being trained on veterans issues. If I'm a provider who works in the VA, I'm constantly trained on veterans issues. I see veterans all the time, I'm familiar with them. So let me give you a personal example. I have a service connection for a cardiac condition uh, related to exposure to Agent Orange in Vietnam. If I see a a private provider who's not trained uh, in veterans issues, he or she won't know to ask me, were you in Vietnam, were you exposed to Agent Orange? there may be certain treat modalities I should receive. And in addition, that provider would say, you should apply for a service-connected disability because it's presumed that it's related to your, your time in Vietnam. For current veterans, we have traumatic brain injuries, which are gonna be increasingly a real issue for veterans. We have uh, burn pit exposures, toxic exposures. VA physicians are trained on this all the time private physicians aren't and aren't aware of that. So it's a disservice to the veterans to send them outside of the VA. I'll give you one final example, uh, PTSD. A person who experiences, a veteran experiences PTSD from their experience in the military, especially combat experiences. If that person referred to the private sector and that provider, the psychologist, the psychiatrist, the social worker, doesn't know anything about military PTSD they won't know how to approach it, and they might put it in a group that's in uh, with people with other difficulties, and that veteran will be reluctant to talk about his or her experiences in the military. If he or she are in the VA, they're going to be with a group of people who share the same experiences and be much less reluctant to address those issues and to talk to them freely about people and not feel like they're being judged. So private providers and uh, the veteran service or the uh, community care program aren't trained. There are other issues too that if you'd like, I can talk about for a moment. Well, we're regrettably out of time, but um, I think you laid it out beautifully. And ultimately it sounds like 
privatizing this thing is not in the best interest, seeing as the private side of it is not keen on doing the due diligence, the work, gaining the knowledge and the skill sets required to actually deal with the issues at hand. They're just, you know, acting like a a hired hand and a hired hand is insufficient for the kind of stuff that veterans have been through and will continue to go through. So what can we do quickly to save the VA? Because I know that's part of what you're looking to do. Well, one of the things people can do that would really be helpful is they can log on to our website, which is um, save the VA slash veterans for peace. And that will take them to articles, information about what's going on in the VA. And we write what we call calls to action, which are letters to congressional uh, members of Congress and sometimes administration officials. They can look at those. If they agree with the issue, they can send a letter. It just takes moments. They really only have to fill in their information where they live. It's automatically sent to the right congressional person. And that is really the most effective way to get Congress to pay attention to how Americans feel about care for veterans. All right. Well, we appreciate it very much, Bruce Carruthers. We had on uh, Congressman Adam Schiff last week talking about this. We've had on Lou Carrera. We're going to have him on again, hopefully next week. Uh, There are many, many in Congress who are taking this seriously. And because of you, because of you, they are able to understand and be compelled to find this as interesting and as crucial as it is. We've been talking to Bruce Carruthers, who points out the U.S. asks extraordinary sacrifices of those who serve in the military, including deployment to combat zones. Caring for those who answered the call to duty is an integral part of having a large military that deploys its troops to posts around the world. Caring for veterans is a sacred promise the nation makes to serve and service men and women in the USA and the VA healthcare system is the best equipped to meet this promise. Privatizing the VA deprives veterans of the medical and psychological care they earned and is barely disguised transfer of public funds to private healthcare corporations. I do appreciate your time, my friend, and thank you so much. And thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. You bet. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. Life after the military. RethinkingHeroes.com. Copyright Audiences United, LLC. All rights reserved. Everybody wants cheap airfare, but where do you find it? Well, you call low-cost airlines because they specialize in cheap flights, in discount hotel rooms, in cheap car rentals, and with the best price guarantee. They explore hundreds of airlines, thousands of routes, millions of itineraries and fares to keep it simple for you. So if you want the lowest prices on your airline tickets or other travel services, call now. 901-235-1795. 901-235-1795. That's the only way to get these rates. Experts are standing by 24-7 to get you the cheapest airfare and hotel rates available, often 75% off. So don't wait. Call now. 901-235-1795. 901-235-1795. 901-235-1795. 901-235-1795.